Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Tuesday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily on medium.com where I do some weekly blog posts every single Sunday and occasionally whenever I feel like posting on Musical.ly and Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at Polyglot Azrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. A-Z or Z, depending on your country. R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. Wow, what a day it has been so far. Normally on Tuesdays, or, or rather, I should rephrase that, normally on most or all weekdays, I will tend to teach about four to five hours a day. That is usually kind of the standard. And so when you look at my average week, normally I will teach a maximum of about 25 hours, something like that. The rest of my time is spent on other types of work activities, whether it be content creation, whether it be setting up collaborations, whether it be administrative stuff, whether it be marketing stuff, whether it be sales related stuff, whether it be whatever. But I spend roughly 20, 25 hours a week in the actual classroom, in the teaching side of things. And today was really different in the sense that I had like eight and a half hours of teaching scheduled. That's a lot for me, like in a single day, especially when that's not anywhere near the norm. And it just brought up some interesting observations that I wanted to share with you. First of all, it was weird to see how time passed really quickly. Because I was constantly back to back to back to back teaching, it was just interesting to be like, wow, time has just passed and flown by really, really quickly. And normally it doesn't quite feel that way because I am... I don't know, I guess I'm changing tasks all the time. So my brain is always like hopping around different different tasks. And I almost feel like time goes by a little bit slowly, if that makes any sense. Versus today, I was like, whoa, what the heck? Um, and I think it has more to do with the fact that I'm not used to this kind of rhythm in a day. And I don't have these kinds of massive teaching days all that um, all that frequently or all that often. So that was definitely an observation that was standing out. I think another one, and this is relevant for you guys, for the language learners who are listening to this. um, If you guys remember last week, I made a podcast that's called The Value of Breaking Your Patterns or The Value of Breaking Your Habits. And to summarize, what I said is I recommend switching up a lot of the language learning habits you have. So if you take classes at 4 p.m., try taking your classes at 9 a.m. If you normally study, you know, by doing a lot of reading and writing, try doing speaking or like just try to try different things because you never know what kind of strategies are going to work. And today I kind of experienced the value of of switching up my pattern because I actually didn't what I what I didn't know until today is I probably would not mind teaching 30 hours a week or 40 hours a week. I don't think I would mind that. Like, I I think so. Just based on today's experience, like it was not, I don't know, it wasn't that bad. And I always used to think that if I was teaching 40 hours a week or 45 hours or 35 hours a week, like a really full time, just teach, 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 and not doing a lot of marketing, not doing the content, etc. I used to always think that maybe I wouldn't like it. 
But I re I'm starting to think because I broke my pattern today of like, huh, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. And it just makes me restructure or at least consider restructuring some of, um, I guess you could say how I treat my weeks and kind of how I schedule things out. And yeah, it was just a really cool and fascinating kind of experience. And I just want to encourage you guys to break your patterns, whether it be with your languages, whether it be just in life in general, like switch things up because you never know what, what you're going to like. You never know if you stumble across something that works really well for you. It's kind of like tasting different foods. Like um, you don't necessarily know what your favorite food is until you've tasted a bunch. Like if only if the only things you'd ever eaten was chicken and I don't know, chicken and Pop-Tarts. And that's the only two things you'd ever eaten. You might think, oh, chicken's my favorite food. But then you have lobster and then you have vegetables and you have like carrots and broccoli and and like you have steak and you have macaroni and cheese and you have pasta and you have pizza and you start to introduce new foods. As you introduce each new food, each new food, you're like, oh yeah, I actually like pizza. Pizza's my favorite. Oh. And if you tasted more foods, I'm sure you might stumble across a new favorite. Well, with uh, switching up your habits, breaking your patterns, same kind of thing, right? I'm a big fan of it. It's a big, big thing that I like a lot. Um, and I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be very, 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 very beneficial in your languages, but also just in life in general for my 25 years on this, on this planet. But <laughs> anyway, uh, let's jump into our language learning topic of the day. And today's topic is an interesting one. It is looking at the connection between what you say you want to improve, or let, let me rephrase that, the connection between what you say you want to progress with in your language and what your actions say. Let me elaborate. A lot of people will make comments such as, oh, I really want to improve my speaking, or wow, I really suck at speaking, I'm really bad at the listening comprehension, or wow, my grammar sucks, or there's a specific element or two elements or three elements or whatever, a very small number of elements. And they think that they're really bad at those specific elements of language. And they say, oh, I really want to get better at those. On the flip side, when you look at people's actions, when you look at how they are studying, how they go about learning their language in question, learning the language in question, they are not they are not actually taking action steps to improve the things that they need to be improving. So the most common example of this that, I, that I've seen anyway would be people who say, wow, I suck at speaking. I'm really bad at the conversation side. I'm pretty good at the reading and writing. And you go, okay, how do you study the language? And they go, oh, well, I take a class where I kind of read the textbook. And all of a sudden you're looking and you're going, huh, you're reading the textbook or you're reviewing your notes all the time. You're doing lots of reading practice and yet you want to improve your speaking. It makes, there's, you see the problem here? There's no connection. You've got to be working, like the, the, the steps you are taking to study or to practice the language you are trying to learn need to match what your mouth is doing. It needs to match what your actual desires are with that language. And it's something that, it sounds so common sense. It sounds so basic but we don't do it. Myself included, by the way, like, unless we stop to think, to go, do my actions match what I, do my actions match the outcome that I would like to see? And a lot, for a lot of us, the answer is, eh, not really. Or maybe, yeah, kind of, but not fully. 
And we've got to take a step back and we have to make sure that we're evaluating evaluating our action steps and really look at them looking at them critically to figure out is this what I should be is this how I should be using my time now the other thing to take into account here is do you really want what you say you want let me explain what I mean it's like myself one thing that I will sometimes say that I want is I say I would like to be a better dancer and I would like to be a better like and not specific like specifically with salsa dancing or like bachata or like latin dancing and the reason I say that is because I know lots of Latinos and they often go to a bar and they'll go salsa dancing or they'll go bachata dancing, they'll do merengue, they'll do their different Latin dances. And I go, man, it'd be cool if I actually knew how to dance and I could really join them and I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. And I say this, okay? Now, here's the thing. Even though I say that I would want to do that, I want to get better, that it would be nice to get better, I don't actually want it that badly. It's just something I kind of say or something I just kind of randomly think about every now and then. But it's not something I want badly enough to make a change in my lifestyle or to make any kind of real changes. Because I know, by the way, that if I wanted to get better, it's pretty straightforward. I know the steps. First, I'd have to like probably YouTube or Google or ask someone, hey, how do these dances work? Then I'd have to probably do some practice. Maybe I'd practice the steps at home. And then I'd have to go to the bars with my friends or to the clubs and I'd have to practice dancing. And I would make mistakes, it'd be kind of awkward at first, but it'd be fun and I would eventually get better. I know the steps, but I don't do them. And it's because I realize that I don't necessarily care enough, I don't care enough about it to put myself through some of the uncomfortable learning curve that I would have to go through to acquire that skill. I just decided, wow, I, it'd be nice. I do kind of want it, but not enough to go through like the uncomfortable, awkward phases of learning it. Because every time you learn a skill, there's always awkwardness. There's always times where you make mistakes and it's kind of embarrassing, etc. And I don't um, want it badly enough, right? Or I don't want to have to go through that. And so I share this story. And uh, last, actually, last thing on this, because I've realized this, I don't beat myself up for it. I don't, I don't feel negatively towards myself. I don't. I don't think about it very often because I've made the decision and I moved on. With languages, I think a lot of you are also in that kind of scenario. You say, I want to get better at speaking, but you don't want to put yourself on that dance floor and practice with people because you don't want to look like a fool. You don't want to sound dumb. You don't want to, you know, in, and I guess you could say metaphorically, go dance with other people and converse and go into that conversational dance with people. You don't want to. It's nerve-wracking. It's, uh, you know, you... Uh, maybe you have other priorities, you're busy, you, you have lots of different reasons for it. And so what you have to do if you're in that scenario, if you're saying that you want something and the reality is that you don't want it badly enough to make any kind of lifestyle changes or make any actual steps towards it, one of a couple things needs to happen. Number one, you either need to realize that, oh, huh, I'm coming up with a lot of reasons, a lot of excuses, there's a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of baggage. I've got a lot of emotions that are blocking me from taking the steps I need to take. I'm going to say screw it and I'm still going to do it. Now that I'm aware this is what's happening, I'm still going to do it and I'm going to be brave and I'm going to move forward. That option is 100% okay. Or be like me with dancing. Go the other way and be like, you know what? Um, I don't care enough about this to really make any, any action steps towards it. Maybe later I will, but right now I'm not going to and then be okay with that decision. Make one of the two decisions. Don't sit on the barbed wire fence. <laughs> like sitting in the sitting on the fence, I don't know why I said barbed wire fence sounds more painful, but sitting on the fence is painful. It's uncomfortable, it's not fun. It's uh 
It's just not the best idea. Pick one of the two and just that's it. Don't complain because you get the attention from people. Don't waste your brain space on it. Like just pick one. If you're going to get better at something and you've been holding off on it for whatever reason, either just go do it or don't. Make your decision and just go 100% with it. That 50-50 nonsense is just BS. It's just ridiculous. It's nonsense. Like don't do it. So yeah, it's kind of this podcast. (laughs) What an anticlimactic ending, no? Um, Anyway, I really appreciate your ears. I appreciate your attention. You guys rock. Um, Last final little thing I'll say. It's so unrelated to everything we've talked about, but it's kind of a funny little thing. Um, It's such a funny little fact about me. Again, super unrelated and really weird. You guys are about to see how weird I am. I've been relating music and uh, my music, television, Netflix, and movie tastes. I've I've been comparing those to my tastes in food. So some of the things that I like in media with music and television and stuff is kind of like sugary foods. It's not really good for you. It's not great television. It's not great music. It's just kind of, it doesn't really benefit your brain in any way, but it's still kind of enjoyable to watch. So maybe like a dumb comedy, maybe like a, like a superhero movie that's got explosions, maybe like a Fast and the Furious, which is just awful, awful storytelling, but you like all the fast cars and the big explosions and the big muscly men going, hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. Like, that's like eating sugar, basically. <laughs> you like the sugar, but it's not good for you necessarily. Then you've got other things, you've got other types of tastes, which are like, um, like broccoli or like carrots or like, like a good, you know, a good filling burrito or something that takes, you know, takes more digesting and actually does something for the body. It fills you up. It, it really does something for you. I've also got songs and TV shows and stuff that I like to watch for those reasons. And I was talking to someone about this and we had this term. I was like, that song is like ear candy. It's like ear sugar. (laughs) I'm like giggling at it myself right now. It's just, I don't know, super random. I don't know why the heck I wanted to bring it up. I just wanted to tell someone and there's no one in the car here. There's no one I could tell. So the podcast is who gets told this random anecdote from my life. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I appreciate you guys. Uh, You guys rock. We'll chat tomorrow. Bye for now.